What is good, everybody, man? This is your guy, Manny, and this is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. This is another episode of the Back Row Redskins show. I know, I know, I know it's been a while since I've been able to, to get on. Just had a newborn. I'm actually carrying the baby right now as I try to stream and do this episode. But, man, it is just so good to be back with you all. We're going to talk. We're going to talk Washington football. Straight up, just all Washington football. We're going to talk about the games that I've missed uh, streaming, especially, um, you know, this past game versus the, the uh, versus the Carolina Panthers. I missed the stream versus um, what team was that? Tampa Bay. So they won that game. And then they also win this game versus the Carolina Panthers. So, man, like I said, I'm excited to be here. I'm going to run my intro and we're going to get this thing on and popping uh give me a moment while i try to hit this intro all right let's get it all right let's get it so the washington football defeat the Carolina Panthers with a score of 27 to 21. Anytime Washington football can score 27 points, is that's just an amazing feat because the offense has been struggling, right? The defense has been struggling. Next thing you know, Chase Young gets hurt in that Tampa Bay game. Now Chase Young is gone, and we're thinking, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now Chase Young is finally back. All is well. And you know what? I'm excited that Chase Young is back because guess what? He will be able to do some of the things. I mean, sorry, Chase Young is gone. I'm not excited about that. Sorry. What I'm saying is this gives, this gives us an opportunity to see other players step up. Man, we got Hawk in the building. What's good, Hawk? Hope you're doing well. How's my sound? Can you hear me okay? So um, with Chase Young being gone, if you guys remember, I preached all summer. I was saying, if Chase Young and Montez Sweat gets hurt, where do we go? What does this defense look like? Lo and behold, Montez Sweat first got hurt. Now it's Chase Young. Now, of course, Montez Sweat is going to be back soon. But as it is right now, we're going to be playing without Chase Young, who's out for the year, and Montez Sweat uh, for the foreseeable future. Now, getting back to this game. This defense just continues to improve. We played against a Carolina team that has tons of talent. Hawk says, midday, Manny is in the house. You good, brother? Yes, sir, man, I'm good. I just had a newborn baby, so that's why I've been MIA. This is little Elijah. Um, so that's why I've not been able to stream or record. But, yes, man, I am at home midday. I'm off from work for the foreseeable future until you know i can get back to work but so we're gonna come on here talk this game and like i said we we played against carolina appreciate you man we we I played against carolina a team that has tons of talent cam newton can still play but i'm glad that the washington football team did not go after cam newton and we're going to talk about that just in a minute so we look at this defense cole holcomb led the team with 10 tackles I'm not saying that Cole Holcomb is world-class. I'm not saying that Cole Holcomb is a guy that is coveted by a lot of teams. Wait until free agency to see that market for Cole Holcomb. But 
What I will say is that Cole Holcomb provides just enough of what we need at linebacker. And it's sad that he's really legit our only linebacker. That's another thing that I preached. I said, if somebody goes down, what does our linebacking core look like? You got Cam Curl, who made the play of the day, saving us on that fourth down, turning over the ball, and sealing the game. Cam Curl has just been amazing this year. He was second on the team in tackles. He had eight tackles, and seven of those were were solo. So when you are a slender guy, a former corner that can play some safety, some free safety, some strong safety, better suited as strong safety. He's a great tackler. And Cam Curl has been amazing this season. We saw, we thought it was going to be a regression going into this season, but Cam Crow has just been right where we need him to be. He's been real stop. James Smith Williams stepped up with half a sack. Him and Deron Payne also helped to seal this game on that last drive. Um, of getting the only sack that we had. It was the only sack that we had in this game, and it was a split sack between Cam Curl and Deron Payne. Also on defense, Landon Collins has been solid. William Jackson III has been solid. So this defense is much, much, much improved, even without the pass rush, even without the sack number. So you can say, well, Chase Young's not there. I'm not saying that we're a better team with without Chase Young, because that's not true. Even though that Chase Young's sack numbers weren't high or great or anything like that, Chase Young's impact was still pretty good. He was still a decoy on defense. He was still a guy that people had to worry about on the offense. People game plan for Chase Young. But my whole point is that this defense continues to be improved. We're going to see what they look like versus the Seattle uh, Seahawks come Monday Night Football. Now, uh, Bobby McCain has played well in recent uh, weeks. Uh, Jamin Davis is getting more snaps. Deron Payne was solid. Jonathan Allen has been one of our best defenders all year. So all this being said, even without our two best defensive players, this defense is much improved. You hold Carolina down to 21 points, a team that has uh, uh, Cam Newton, who is a threat running the ball. Remember last year, we struggled against quarterbacks who run the ball. Even this season, we struggled against quarterbacks who run the ball. Also, Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey. We saw what happened on that touchdown play. Christian McCaffrey is just a different breed. So all in all, what we did defensively was very, very, very impressive versus the Carolina Panthers. Now, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the offensive side of the ball. Taylor Heineke, everybody was happy with this guy within those first four games, playing against the Giants in ATL. Two bad teams we perform. Carolina is a much better team because they have a top. I think they might even have the best defense in the league, you know, stats wise. So going up against Tampa Bay last week, Taylor Heineke did very well. Then going up against Carolina this week, he does well again. This game right here, he had 206 yards passing. He had three touchdowns. Yes, he was sacked three times. Two out of those three times, that's Taylor Heineke just holding on to the ball, trying to just make a play. Just like that uh, clutch fourth down play where he was holding the ball, John Bates was just right there. He threw the ball, I mean, avoided the sack, threw the ball. So those are things that Taylor Heineke does. He's a gunslinger. Sometimes he makes mistakes, but at the end of the day, the guy has moxie. The guy is tough, and that's, that's really what you need out of your quarterback. Somebody made a great point. If the Washington football team had Mac Jones right now and Mac Jones 
plays as well as Taylor Heineke has the last two games, you would hear a different tune being sang by the fans, the media, because because Taylor Heineke is not a household name or because Taylor Heineke does not have a first round grade of a quarterback or he wasn't highly coveted or things this or that. You look at a guy like Daniel Jones. Taylor Heineke right now is better than Daniel Jones. You know what I'm saying? Taylor Heineke is what he is. He's a backup. But guess what? He is a pretty good backup. I call him a super sub. When I say a super a backup or a super sub, that's just somebody who's capable of winning games. You can bring him in. And this guy can come in and give you massive, massive impact. Massive, massive uh, 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 production. Let's look at what Taylor Heineke did the last game. I got to pull up his game log because I didn't get on here to talk about the Tampa Bay win. And it just seems like I've come on when we lose. So not purposely. I didn't purposely not come on when we won. I've just been very, very busy, like I said. But Taylor Heineke leading us to victory versus Tampa Bay, right? He had 32 pass attempts. And in 32 pass attempts, he had zero interceptions. He had 256 yards passing and a touchdown. And obviously, he was able to make plays with his legs. Um also, in that Tampa Bay game, he was sacked five times. The game before that, sacked five times. The game before that, sacked four times. So the, the, the sacks are going to come just because Taylor Heineke is a guy who loves to create with his feet. He lo just loves to create. And when you're lacking in skill possession or skill players, like we're missing Curtis Samuel. People are saying that Curtis Samuel is the next, um, uh, uh, was it Paul, Paul Richardson? No, I hope not. He's just not healthy. Uh, this guy has been out all year, and I just hope that he's fully healthy. Uh, he's more so in play for next year, but he has a really good chance of playing versus um, the Seahawks come Monday night. Now, what I will say is if Curtis Samuel is healthy, that essentially is a number two wide receiver that we've been hoping for, we've been crying for, we've been wishing for. But before I get to the receivers, let me get back to Taylor Heineke. Versus Tampa Bay, he had 81% uh, completion percentage. Versus Carolina, another top 10 defense, 72%. So Taylor Heineke has been great. Hawk says Taylor Heineke has, you know, surprised them. To me, it wasn't much of a surprise because we saw a, a small sample size last year. But at the end of the day, it was a small sample size, okay? Now, you put in... The game in his hands. Think about it. All four wins that we've had this year has been he said. Well, the first two wins was all Taylor Heineke because defense was trash then. Defense was better versus Tampa Bay. Defense was better versus Carolina. Maybe great and better. But either way, defense helped to secure the win. But also, we had pretty darn good quarterback play in uh, versus Tampa Bay and Carolina. So, with Taylor Heineke playing the way that, that he's playing right now, a lot can happen between now and the end of the season. I came out on the back row Redskins show Twitter page and said, yo, the season is over. And this was before the Tampa Bay game. I mean, what do you expect? You play Tampa Bay, you playing Tom Brady, you would think that it would be a loss. They won that game. They made me look bad. And I'm glad. Prove me, continue to prove me wrong, Washington. Maybe if I continue to call you guys trash, maybe if I continue to call players out, Maybe things, maybe if fans stop going to the games, maybe things will happen. So things are happening. 
I'm going to pull up the standings and where we are right now, but we have a huge game versus the Seahawks come Monday night. If they win this game, I'm not saying that they win the game, but if they win this game, everything changes for this team. Now, we look at Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson has made me upset all season. And if you play fantasy football, this is not the year to have Antonio Gibson. And I told people, watch out for that sophomore slump because it's real and it does happen. Now, on paper, he had 19 carries, 95 yards. You look at it and you say, wow, he had a great game. But he had a costly fumble. We had all the momentum. We were about to score, tie this game at 7-7, and Antonio Gibson does what Antonio Gibson does this season, which is fumble the ball, pissed me off. But guess what? We were able to rebound and practically win this game. Now, numbers, 40 carries, 190 yards rushing for the Washington football team. This is something that Scott Turner has not been able to do, whether it's calling plays, whether it's personnel, Whatever the case may be, Scott Turner just hasn't been that dude when it comes to running the ball. Now, J.D. McKissick, seven carries, 46 yards. Taylor Heineke was able to pitch in. Patterson had some clutch runs. Patterson was in the game, getting some carries, getting some yards, doing his thing. I was just so happy and so excited to see um, Patterson in the game. So they had a great offensive a game plan, even versus Tampa Bay, that last drive, all those minutes that they took out the game and then punch it in with Gibson. Now, I got to give Gibson credit. Gibson has run hard. He has run tough. He has played through injuries. But the fumbles, I just cannot get over. I still feel like the Washington football team need a true running back. But you know what? It's a conversation that Washington fans are not ready to have. They love Antonio Gibson. I love Antonio Gibson. But at the end of the day, from what he's shown me, he's shown me that you can't trust him. You can't trust him. What he has shown me is that he knows how to pound the ball in from five yards in at the goal line. But when you need that tough fourth and one, sometimes he's not Sometimes he's not that guy. He's still learning how to play the running back position. I still think we need another running back moving forward to complement Antonio Gibson. Like, think about it. Alvin Kamara has never really been the main guy until this season before Ingram came back. So you can still have success with Antonio Gibson, but then still have a, a, a bigger power back, kind of like an Ingram to complement the things that um, Alvin Kamara does well, which is playing in space. Now, we move on to the best free agent acquisition that we acquired this summer, this past summer. And that's DeAndre Carter. We brought DeAndre Carter in here to be the number seven wide receiver to be that special teams guy, to be that guy that's going to return punts and return kickoffs, right? He has become more because of our mediocre wide receiver room. The wide receiver room is trash, okay? Cam Sims, uh, Dax Mill. I mean, to be honest, Dayami Brown has not been what we wanted him to be. Whether it's injuries, whether it's skill set, whether it's personnel, whether it's play calling, the Yami Brown has not been good. So here comes DeAndre Carter. Being trusted into that starting lineup, you know, being practically the number two wide receiver. But one thing I would say about DeAndre Carter is that he's better than Steve Sims, another guy that Washington fans love. He's been more productive than, than, than Kelvin Harmon, another guy that Washington fans love. 
What I'm saying is guys like this are replaceable. Even a DeAndre Carter is replaceable. But guess what? He has been money this season. He's been great this season. And when you look at what he's done, he has three receiving touchdowns this year, let alone not what he's done in, in the uh, special teams game. You know what I'm saying? He's been amazing. DeAndre Carter has been the best special teams uh, player or the best signing that the Washington football team has had in free agency this past summer. He's, pro he's possibly the most impactful player, whether you're talking draft or free agency. You guys let me know. You guys let me know. Um, he had uh, two receptions for 22 yards and a touchdown. When he caught that touchdown, there's somebody that I follow on Twitter that her name is Hillary Banks. And she said that, you know what? DeAndre Carter reminds her of, of Santana Moss. And if you really go back and look at the play where DeAndre Carter caught that touchdown, he looks like Santana Moss. We're not saying that he is Santana Moss. That's blasphemous. <laughs> okay, but what I am saying is that he, he has some characteristics. Just like last night watching a Monday night football game, I saw Kadarius Tony do some things, and I said, wow, he reminds me of Tariq Hill. Kadarius Tony was another guy that Washington fans laughed at. When the Giants made that pick, we laughed. A lot of people wanted Kadarius Tony to suck. Kadarius Tony is going to be a baller. And I'm sorry to say it, he is going to be a problem in this league. And I, I hate that he's on the Giants. But one thing that us Washington fans can laugh about is that the Giants paid Kenny Galladay millions of dollars and he's given them no production. So we can laugh about that. We can't laugh about Kadarius Tony because he's going to be good. But back to this receiving group for the Washington football team. Adam Humphreys came in, made a clutch a catch or two. Hawk says, true, it sucks because I wish Will Jack third would be killing. Yeah, William Jackson third has just not been that guy. He hasn't been that guy. And it's sad because we he's a press corner. Jack Del Rio runs a zone, a zone scheme, whatever. It's not working, but it's starting to get a little bit better with William Jackson III. It's getting a little bit better. They're using him just a little bit better. But back to this offense, Terry McLaurin continues to do Terry McLaurin type things. This guy right here is going to be a beast for years to come. And yesterday, we saw Cortland Sutton get paid $15 million a year. This is the time you go ahead and you extend to Terry McLaurin because as you see other wide receivers start to get paid, we saw Kenny Galladay get paid, and Kenny Galladay is not on Terry McLaurin's level. It's not happening. He has more experience. He has more pedigree. He's done some things, but Kenny Galladay is not on Terry McLaurin's level whatsoever. Terry McLaurin has 700-plus uh, uh, yards this year already. He's going to be on pace for about – 1,200 yards, maybe 1,300 yards if Taylor Heineke continues to look his way. And the, the crazy thing is that the best quarterback that Terry McLaurin has ever had in the history of time is Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is the best quarterback that, that, that Terry McLaurin has ever had. And it's sad. It's sad. But it is what it is. He had five receptions for 103 yards and one touchdown. He was averaging 20 yards per catch. What can Terry McLaurin, what, what can he not do? He can go deep. He can go intermediate. He can, I mean, some of the contested catches this guy was making. And then he goes up against some of the top tier corners. Dante Jackson that was guarding him is not no slouch. Dante Jackson is a beast. I don't know if he was matched up with Gilmore at all on Sunday. I can't remember. 
But Terry McLaurin is one of the best wide receivers in the entire league. It just sucks that his quarterback can't elevate his play. Terry elevates the quarterback, but the quarterback can't elevate Terry. So we'll see what happens next year, whether we're, you know, going in the draft for a quarterback or maybe Russell Wilson becomes available. Maybe Aaron Rodgers becomes available. Maybe some veteran guy that can come in. I would love Derek Carr here in D.C., Let's see what happens. Maybe we go all in and go after a quarterback, but we definitely need a quarterback because you don't want to waste the best years of Terry McLaurin's career with some rookie that may pan out or may not pan out. I've been hearing about Matt Corral. I've been hearing about Kenny Pickett. I've been hearing about Malik Willis. All these different quarterbacks, I really don't care who we get as long as we get the right guy. That's all I care about. You know what I'm saying? Also, somebody put up a post talking about the Dallas Cowboys, laughing about laughing at the Cowboys. I'm enjoying the Cowboys' struggle this season. I'm enjoying it. The Cowboys are a team that start out hot, then they fizzle out. The Washington football team is a team that starts out slow and then gets strong as the season goes on. If you guys go back in the last 20 years or even maybe 25 years and go back, look at the history. How many times the football team made it to the playoffs? Then go back and look at the last eight games of the season. The Washington football team is a team that starts out slow and then kind of runs the table almost. Those let those all those those last eight games is where they get hot and usually make the playoffs. I remember one year they had to rally around Todd Collins to make the playoffs, and I believe that Sean Taylor was on the team. But um, yeah, it just is what it is. Um, J.D. McKissick has been solid this season. Um, but, man, when you're looking at our wide receiving group, I mean, it's bad. Adam Humphreys, John Bates, DeAndre Carter, <laughs> Cam Sims, Dax Mill. As a whole, as I read these names, for somebody who's not a Washington football fan, they would throw up. They would throw up because this is one of the worst skill position group groups in the league, and this is without Curtis Samuel, okay? So we got to do a better job at getting more talent. And then we lost Ricky Seals. So Ricky Seals is gone. John Bates did have that clutch catch that's helped seal the game. So um, I'm happy for that. But, I mean, we just need more. We need more. We need depth. I mean, there's going to be tons of changes come next season. But we're still here in this season. So we're here to focus on this season. Logan Thomas might be on his way back. Hopefully Logan Thomas is ready and available to play. You know what I'm saying? Um, Hawk says, yeah, I remember that, uh, uh, TC season when we went back and forth with Jason Campbell and Todd Collins. Yes. We've had some horrible times. We've, we've had some horrible times being DC fans. I mean, even the Steve Spurrier, uh, uh having Danny Warfel and Shane Matthews and one other guy that I can't think of right now, rotating quarterbacks. This has been a rotating quarterback type thing. And that's kind of why I don't mind if, uh, Fitzpatrick doesn't come back this season. <clears throat> no matter how bad Taylor Heineke plays, you got to invest in him because he, he is your backup quarterback slash maybe your bridge quarterback moving forward if you go the rookie route. Yes, Patrick Ramsey. Yes, Patrick Ramsey was that other guy. That was bad. That was bad. So I'm just glad that we have some kind of stable quarterback group. With Taylor Heineke being the guy, a lot of guys want Kyle Allen to play just because they traded a fifth-round pick for him. I mean, at this point, you're you're trying to develop players while trying to make the playoffs. 
So whether they make the playoffs or not, I don't know. But um, outside of Gibson's fumble, there wasn't really much to be upset about this game versus Carolina. I mean, it was a game where people were saying Cam's have come to D.C. Let's talk about that. What can Cam Newton do that Taylor Heineke can't do better? Taylor Heineke can do everything that Cam can do right now at this stage of his career. Is it running the ball? Taylor Heineke can run the ball, right? Is it passing the ball? Taylor Heineke can pass the ball. You see DJ Moore, who's similar to Terry McLaurin in some, in some cases, right? But DJ Moore, DJ Moore can't do what Terry can do. But now let me say this. So if Cam Newton comes to DC, you guys be honest with me. Does that help Terry McLaurin? Or does that help the red zone offense? It helps the red zone offense, yes. If Cam is in DC, he's gonna we're gonna pound in a lot of touchdowns, especially when we get inside the 20. That's where Cam Newton is gonna help this team. But outside of that, there is nothing that Cam can do besides possibly running through the middle better than Taylor Heineken. So I'm glad that Cam didn't come here to DC. He's playing well. I'm happy for him. He belongs in Carolina. I hope he's there for years to come. Um, he's probably going to be in play for the starting job next year. Either way it goes. So we can just stop at all the brain Cam Newton back, blase, blase. Quit all that. Obviously, another guy that people want in D.C. is Trey Boston. He's healthy. He's vaccinated. Blah, blah. I think that ship is sailed. I think Ron Rivera and Jack Del love the safety group that they have right now, especially how they're playing. And then we got some guys on the practice squad that you can always bring up. So that whole Trey Boston thing and Cam Newton thing is done. Then you hear the argument about why didn't we get Odell Beckham Jr.? We saw how that played out. They didn't want to claim him. They want to use the money for next year. So I'm, I'm just addressing some of these things that that the fans say and the fans talk about that sometimes makes sense and sometimes it doesn't make any sense. But as it is right now, the focus is Seattle. You got to go play that game Monday Night Football. You got to be, you know, you're getting a Seattle team that's worse than the Washington right now. They're on a three-game losing streak. Russell Wilson has never really lost this many games, even though, you know, he's he's been hurt. The guy has a pin in his finger. So he's to the game. You have to contain Russell Wilson. We know that he's hurt right now, but guess what? His feet work. His feet works, and he's going to try to run the ball. You got to contain a Russell Wilson. He's still great, even at 75% right now. DK Metcalf, he's a dog. But you know what, though? The way that William Jackson III can play him could be promising. I mean, these are two strong physical guys, but you're going to need that safety help. If Russell Wilson can throw the ball, you can, you can see a D.K. Metcalf going deep. So we got to contain D.K. Metcalf. Tyler Lockett is another one that can go inside out. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a tough matchup. It's going to be a tough matchup. Now, the, the on for Seattle, defensively, they haven't been great. You can attack them through the middle. Even as great as Jamal Adams is, you can exploit him in coverage. Terry McLaurin has a chance to have a game Monday night. Taylor Heineke, the, the question is, can Taylor Heineke get – he's going to need two things, either either a 300-yard game or a three-touchdown type game. 
because Antonio Gibson and this Russian attack, I don't know. Uh, we got to get points somehow, and hopefully Logan Thomas plays because we can definitely use all the help that we can get. If we get a, 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 a healthy Curtis Samuel and we get a healthy Logan Thomas, we got a chance versus Seattle. Now, after beating Seattle is where things get a little crazy, but I don't want to look too far ahead. Right now, it's all about Seattle. I'm going to share my screen in a minute as I wrap up this this podcast slash live stream. And we're going to look at where the Washington football team is right now in the standings to even see if there's a a realistic shot at making the playoffs. You know, everybody talks playoffs, 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 but let's actually, let's actually look at it. Let's, let's actually see what's going on. And then we can make an educated guess or educated opinion on whether this team has a chance to make the playoffs or not. So let me go to my NFL standings tab. Let's see what's going on. We'll do by conference because it's the best way to, to see what teams are in, what teams are in the hunt, and things of that nature. So with the NFL right now, to be honest, guys, you have people making and missing the playoffs like crazy. Oh, man, I don't like this setup at all. Went to conference, and I guess he did the win-loss backwards. Let's try to see if we can straighten it out. All right, so you got the Arizona Cardinals, who are pretty much in. You have Green Bay, who's in. You have Tampa Bay and the Dallas Cowboys in that week division. Those are the four, right? Then the next three, one, two, three. So that's you got the Rams, you got the Vikings, and then you also have the Saints. Those are the, the three wild cards right now. The Rams are pretty much a lock. Now, Minnesota and New Orleans, Minnesota, I think Minnesota makes the playoffs. I think they're solid, both offensively and defensively. People, people sleep on their defense, but that defense can make plays when, when they need to. Now, that very last spot, you got the Saints at 5-5. Five and five. You have the 49ers at 5-5, five and five, who's making waves right now. You got the Eagles at 5-6. and six. Panthers at five and six and Washington at four and six. So it's still very much in play for that wild card. We beat ATL. That's why we are ahead of them. We beat Carolina. So if there's a scenario where our records match, they'll be below us. And then we still got to play Philadelphia two times. Okay. So with all that being said, schedule is going to be tough. I don't want to look too far ahead on what the schedule looks like. But right now, as of right now, today, the Washington football team is in contention for a wild card position. And it's crazy because that's just how football is. That's how football goes. One day, you know, everything is good. Then the next day, things flip. So, guys, this is the back row Redskins show. And this is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. It was so fun to just get back into talking football, talking Washington football. Hope you guys are doing well. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe, please like, and please share. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, please give me a review, a rate, and a comment below. So, guys, I will catch you guys on the next episode. I will catch you guys on the next stream. We are out. Peace.